19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, Teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Can I get another amen? Amen. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. I'd like to get started with a couple verses.
Christians that are nicer than we are, that will bake you a cake, that have a cheesy smile all the time, that are on the outward maybe more loving, but they have no power, so they're not changing anybody's lives. So it has to be more than just a bumper sticker that says Jesus loves you, and you're just really a smiley, nice person to people. It has to be more than just love. There needs to be love and power to reach lost people. And so last week we, we mainly talked about love and loving people that are unlovely, but also this week we want to talk about it's going to take love to reach lost people, but it's going to take power to reach lost people, not one without the other. And I want to share this with you. I love this uh, because a lot of people, when I say love and power, a lot of Christians are think, thinking that they're going to have to do that by themselves, and it's up to them to do that. Why there's a lot of burnout, weak, evil Christians that are trying to love people and produce power in and of themselves that they they don't have apart from the Holy Spirit. And so, I'd like to read a quote from you real quick by A.W. Tozer, and if you can't get anything from A.W. Tozer, then you're not saved to begin with. And I love this because it has everything to do with what we're talking about tonight, and you need to re- remember this the rest of your life. A.W. Tozer said this, God expects only of us what He Himself has already supplied. God expects only of us what He Himself has already pr- provided. He's already supplied. Everything in your life that you need to do, the work that God has given you, He is the one supplying it to you. It's not yourself. If God tells you to go witness to somebody, guess what? He's supplying the love and the power to do it. He's not just asking you to do it by yourself. Anything God has told you to do, there is a supply that He's given you to do it. He doesn't just say, go do it, try your best, try harder, do better, Christian. No, He says, I'm going to give you the power and the desire and the ability to do everything I've called you to do. So none of us in here could ever say to God, God, I can't do it. No, He wouldn't ask you to do it if He didn't already give you the supply, the power, the energy, the desire to already do it. Because he would be unjust as a father to do that. If you didn't have the ability to do it, he wouldn't ask you to do it. If he's told you to do it, that is the empowerment for you to do it. And God is only asking of us what he himself has already provided. And we can preach about Jesus up in the house here because you realize the atonement for mankind could not be paid by mankind, so God had to pay it himself. And notice God... What he expects out of us, he's the only one that can supply it. That's why he had to become a man and die for us and supply the atonement to pay for all of our sins. That was free. Because God will only expect and require from us what he himself has already supplied and provided. And so, when we're talking about love and power, I want to share a few things with you real quick. Romans 5 and 5. Because when we talk about love like we did last week, we're not talking about human love or just a nice person. We're talking about the God kind of love. And if you don't have the God kind of love, you're not born with it. You're not born being an unconditional lover. You're not born that way. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. But notice Romans 5 and 5. Notice what the Holy Spirit does. 
there somewhere. If the Holy Spirit's really in there, the love of God is really in there. Now, now maybe it's crowded over with your attitudes and your prejudice and, and your, uh, you know, your bad attitudes towards different people, but the love of God is on the inside of you. If the Spirit of God is in you, then the love of God is in you. Because it says when the Holy Spirit came in, He poured the love of God in your heart. So you have the God kind of love. You can love people the same way that God loves you. You can. Don't say you can't. Because He's poured out His very love on the inside of you. Why? Because He will supply everything He expects out of you. And so we see here that God has supplied love for us. So notice in Acts 1 8. Acts 1 8. So when we got the Holy Spirit, we didn't just get tongues. Okay, that's a narrow view of the Holy Spirit. If you just think tongues, that's part of it. That's a vital part of it. But He's going to bring love and He's going to bring power when He comes in. Romans 5, 5, notice that it says he, he brought love, but in Acts 1, 8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice that. When the, the power of God comes upon you, you receive it. You shall be a witness to Jerusalem, to Judea, and Samaria. So we see that the Holy Spirit not only brings love, but He brings power to your life to help you do what you're called to do. It's not in your own strength, and it's not of yourself. So we have the love of God, and we have the power of God to do what we're called to do. And more specifically, because we're called to reach people. And that's the most important part. We're not just supposed to exist as a, as a church and just us for no more for the rest of our lives just keep doing the same thing week after week after week and no no new people nobody gets saved nobody's life being changed and everybody it's just a bless us club it's just a heal us club no we're supposed to reach real lost people not just transfers from Graceland Northside we preach in the house can I get a little more volume on my mic please because I feel like preaching in uh, Matthew 28 let's look over there Matthew 28 Holy Spirit, 
all the world and preaches the gospel. So we see here that God says, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want you to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. But he says something else. He says, but wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that's very important. You've you got to wait till the Spirit of God to come upon you because you can't do the Great Commission without the Holy Ghost. You need Him because you need His power and you need His love to fulfill the Great Commission. And so let's look back over to Acts 1 and 8. Acts 1 and 8. We'll get some so far. Acts 1 and 8. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and then into all the world. But notice, he says, you need to go to Jerusalem first, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. Okay, so, so God has said, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You don't go without the Holy Ghost. Okay, now all of us in here that are saved, we're not without the Holy Ghost. You, you have it. You have his power to be a witness. You have his love to love unloving people. So there should be no excuse here, but a lot of us don't know where to start. That's why God is so smart, a lot smarter than we are. He gives us some instruction on where to start. You say, because you say, go into all the world, but where am I going to start? Where do I go first? He says, go to Jerusalem first. My question tonight, first of all, real practical, what is your Jerusalem? What is your Jerusalem? Because it's not the same for everybody else. And, and notice the ends of the earth are going to come someday, but you need to reach Jerusalem first before you start thinking about the nations. Now I'm about to preach, and I don't know if you're ready for it, but a lot of people want to go to the nations. <laughs> go to the nations because they think they'll be effective in the nations. If you can't be a presence at your campus, then how are you going to reach the nations? If you can't witness to your co-worker, how can you go to the nations? If you can't even tell the neighbor next door to you about Jesus, you're not going to the nations. He says, go to Jerusalem first, then, then your territory will expand a little bit bigger, Samaria, Judea, but then the other parts of the earth. But you've got to go to your Jerusalem first, and that's not flashy, and that's not rock star Christianity. It says, go home and tell your family about Jesus first. People don't want to hear that. They want to say, I want to go to a different country and tell lost people about Jesus. Go home and tell people about Jesus first. And then maybe God will send you to a nation. Because if you can't do it in southern Indiana, why are you going to do it in Botswana? Hello. They're going to laugh at you in Botswana or Europe or Asia or wherever you think you're going. No, he says, go home first. This is so practical, but, but God says, for the believers, which a lot of us in here are believers, you have my love, and I've given you my power to be a witness, not do witnessing. To be a witness. Meaning, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're not going to have to try to be a witness. You're going to be a witness if you're really spending time with the Holy Ghost. And that sets the Holy Ghost people 
apart from restitution. Because we know who's, who's been with the Holy Ghost recently because they're witnessing. And we know the believers that haven't been with the Holy Ghost recently because they're not being a witness. I'm sorry, was that too truthful? I'm just but too nice, but you guys don't want to hear stuff like that from me. So where's your Jerusalem? And, and notice, he says, go into all the world, but more specifically, go into your world. What's your Jerusalem and what's your world? Because it's not the same for everybody in here. My world and my Jerusalem is not the same as Amy's Jerusalem. Not the same as Justin's Jerusalem. Not the same as Maya's Jerusalem. It's not the same world because there's different people that are called to be to reach different worlds and different groups of people. And it's not the same. So what is your Jerusalem? What is the world? Because you have to go into your world before he'll send you to Amy's world. Say, I want to go to the nations. I want to, why, why do you want to go to the nations? Because you don't know them. And you know the people you know. I don't want to tell the people I know about Jesus. Give me some perfect strangers. I'll feel a little bit more comfortable around. Why? Because you have more compassion for the people you don't know than the people you know. I don't want to go talk to my neighbor. I don't like them. I don't want to go talk to the person in my class that's annoying. God says, you've got to go to those people first before you go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world. You've got to go home first. You've got to go to your classroom first. You've got to go to your neighborhood first. You've got to go to your locker room first before you go anywhere else. So let's get real practical about reaching people because a lot of Christians are waiting to be sent on a mission trip to the nations and then we'll reach people when God says, you have an opportunity every day to go into your world, into your Jerusalem to reach people. Every day. You don't have to spend any money. Just show up in your life every day, and there's people that you need to reach. That's your Jerusalem, and that's your world that God has called you to reach and be a witness to. You still here? You didn't go home, did you? Let's go to St. Corinthians today.
calls him to turn. Sorry to shock you guys. This area of influence is not a church. It's outside the church. And God has given each one of us an area where we're gifted, where we're called. And Paul's talking about himself because Paul says, I've been given an area, a sphere of influence, and I'm not called to reach everybody. Now, in one sense, we are called to reach everybody, but really practically, we're not going to reach everybody, one person. Because different people are called to be different places, in different countries, in different cities, and that's their sphere of influence. So if you go to a different place you're not supposed to be, you won't have much impact. But when you're in the sphere of influence or the area you're assigned to be, that's when you reach the people that God has called you to reach. And it's different for everybody in here. And realize God has, has called you and graced you for a certain area or an assignment for your life. And it's different than mine. It's different than everybody else in here because some of you will have an impact on people I will never meet and I will never talk to. Because that's, that's your sphere of influence, not mine. I have one, but you have one. What is it? Because that's your Jerusalem. That's your world that you're supposed to go into. Some of you, your sphere of influence is your job. That's where God has anointed you and graced you to be, to reach people. Some of you, it's at school. Some of you, it's on a sports team. Some of you, it's, it's at your neighborhood. I don't know where it is, but God has given you somewhere, some sphere of influence. It's, that's your grace zone. That's your area where God has designed for you to reach people. Now, you can reach people outside of that area, but you'll be most effective in the area that God has graced you to be in. I love that Brian Houston calls it your grace zone. Everybody has a grace zone. Everybody has an area of influence that they're called to be in, and it's not the same. And that's why he says, don't compare yourselves among yourselves. Why? Because nobody's area of influence is more important than others. They're just different. Just because you're at a certain workplace, and somebody's at their school, somebody's at their neighborhood, somebody's at church, it's all different, but it's all important. And Paul said, don't compare yourselves to one another because your area is important. And if you reach your area, hello, and, and your friend reaches their area, guess what? The whole body of Christ will reach the world. Not just a couple people trying to reach everybody, which are not annoying to reach everybody. And for too long, we sat around and watched preachers and teachers and pastors and worship leaders do the work of ministry and thought that they were called to save everybody. They're not. They have an area of influence, but you have an area of influence. And guess what? If you reach the people you're called to reach and I reach the people I'm called to reach, eventually everyone will be reached. But it won't happen us just waiting for more people to come to our church, and let's hope, hopefully, there'll be more visitors. No, you're called to reach people outside the church. 
were locked up in the upper room, scared, fearful. They weren't preaching to people. They weren't healing people. They weren't being a witness. They were scared. But that's why Jesus said, you got to wait for the Holy Spirit to come on you and give you power. But notice what happened after they received power. All the disciples that were so scared and fearful unlocked the door, came out of the upper room, and started preaching the gospel boldly because something happened and the fear was removed. What happened? The power of God came by the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of all of us. I'm not getting any response tonight. That lives on the inside of us, and it drove the fear of man out. So if you want to reach the people in your world, replace it with the power of God. How could these fearful disciples go from hiding in an upper room to preaching the gospel boldly on the day of Pentecost? How could that happen? Peter himself, who denied Jesus to a 12-year-old girl just a few days before, was the one who got up in front of everybody and preached the gospel, and 3,000 people got saved. What happened to Peter? The Holy Ghost happened to Peter. The power of God happened to Peter. The love of God came into Peter. That's what happened to Peter. And it will make you a witness too when you receive the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. He started hanging out with the Holy Ghost and something happened to him. The power of God drove out that fear of man and he was a bold witness for Jesus. Those early disciples were so bold, they were being persecuted, like real persecution. Like, not like my friend says, oh, you're Jesus freak, you go to church all the time, and you don't want to hang out with you anymore. You're lame, you're a Debbie Downer, we don't want to be with you anymore. No, real persecution, like you die. Like you go to jail. Real persecution. And they preached the word of God more boldly when that started happening. Why? The power of God. The Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, drive the fear out of you, and you'll receive power and boldness to be a witness. You'll receive power and boldness to be a witness. And we could all admit in here, why don't we share our faith? We're afraid what people are going to say, aren't we? We're afraid when we start talking, we're just not going to make any sense, and the person's going to think we're dumb. Right, that's why we're not saying it. We're afraid when we pray for somebody, they're not going to get healed. We're afraid that when we pray for somebody, something's going to happen. We're afraid when we start talking that the power of God's not going to be there and the person's going to be like, yeah, dude, I don't believe in God. Get out of my face. It's all fear. That's the only reason we don't share our faith is fear. It's fear of what people will think. But the power of God will eliminate the fear of God God is on your life. You're spending time. 
without fear. And so God says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but he gives a different spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. I think if you're struggling with fear, and I, I say all of us in here have, with witnessing, being a witness, talking to people, praying for people, we've all known times that God said, go talk to that person, go pray for that person, and we don't do it. We're so scared. We're going to look down. It's like, I don't want to be, you know, known as that person at my school, at my job. I don't want to be known for this fear. So I encourage you, just this verse right here, start confessing that verse over your life. Start praying that verse over your life. God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear. Before you walk into your school, God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but, but your power, your love, and a sound mind, I'm going to be a bold witness Everywhere I go today, on my job, at my school, in my neighborhood, because you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And God gives you that for boldness to declare His message. You know, this is one thing that, that I love talking about. A lot of us are saying, well, God, I want your power before we'll do something. Oh, 
sick, emotionally sick and drained, like I could barely come out and speak. And as soon as I grabbed the microphone, the power of God comes to me. But if I was going by my feelings, I would have went home and went to bed. That's why you don't go by your feelings. You got to step out and be bold, and then the power of God will be there to meet you. But if you don't make an action, God has nothing to use. And realize, once you start doing it, when the devil tells you that, you don't even listen to him anymore. I could care less how I feel before I preach now, because I know if I just step out, God will be there to anoint me and give me the power to do what I'm called to do. So I don't even second guess myself coming to preach anymore. Because you you learn if you step out, God will show up. Matthew 10. It's the last verse. Y'all get something right? Be afraid of any 
up if, if that happens. If somebody laughs at you. Don't give up if you pray for somebody and they didn't immediately run around praising God healed. 